This is Megan Oyster, and you're listening to Follow Your Spirit. What's going on, Spirit fan? Tim Lawson here, host of Follow Your Spirit. It is Saturday, July 16. The Spirit are in Kansas City to play FCKC. I am here to give you this week's podcast. Wasn't on the ball this week, wasn't able to get the post-game audio and video that I, that I took at the Chicago game. I was I was in Boston all week and, and busy with the daytime job. Uh, unfortunately, life gets in the way on things that we really truly enjoy most. But I am here today with... Uh, I got... Some post-game audio from Coach Gabera from Chicago. I think the way that he reflects on the team's performance is definitely um, pertinent and worth considering going into uh, tonight's game. And then I have my interview with Megan Oyster, who was a true delight to talk to. Something I've really enjoyed about this spirit team is it's just full of unique personalities and such uh, great characters to interact with. So that's that's definitely been uh, a lot of fun in the six seven months that I've that I've been covering the team. So first up, Coach Gabera, post game from Chicago. Yeah, happy with the three points and getting nine of twelve. Uh, it's always difficult to have a lot of home games in a row, uh, especially with call ups. And um, you know, I think we made a, a little bit more of a positive step uh, integrating our. Our newer players in the back, but uh, there's still an awful lot to work on defensively. And um, you know, I think Kelsey makes a huge save to keep us in the game. And um, and then once the game got stretched out, I think our you know our quality of, of subs kind of outweighed theirs, similar to what happened in Kansas City. So yeah, I mean, to get a clean sheet and win three of our four home games, you know, nine or twelve points is is makes me feel good. But there's always always the next game, and always uh, got a lot of things we can do better at. Second sample size with the uh, Olympic players gone. How do you feel about the players that have stepped up the second time? Well, I mean, I have no worries about Estelle, and, and you know, Caprice has done well enough to at least start the first game of the year for us. Um, and Kelsey, I think, really shined tonight when, when called upon. Like I said, she made just a, a massive save, uh, kind of a game-changing save to keep us in the match. So, um, you know, I think we've always kind of had a fluid uh, attacking group, and I don't know if that's affected our... Our, uh, our rhythm or how effective we've been, um, but I think that you know those players have all been integrated and uh, have kind of been fighting for minutes. So it's it's going to be it might take a little more time for them to uh, really gel and really for us to find some good answers. So, uh, but I think I think Franny and Steffi certainly showed some good quality in there, and you know Stengel coming off the bench is great, and and Wit. I mean Wit has been one of those players like Estelle and Kelsey and Caprice that deserve time. She just hasn't. Hasn't been given it yet, but I think she'll certainly, you know, get her chance coming up real soon. Okay, yeah, Ardega, I mean, she was strong pretty much the whole time she was out there, but yeah. but she was, I mean, on a whole nother level when she came out for the second half. I thought. Did you feel that? Was there a change or? Uh, what I don't know. I, I think I think she's she, <laughs> no. I think she's just started getting. You know, you've got players who are, um, mm-hmm. you know, available for for starting when you know they're good for at least 60 minutes, and you've got players who maybe are limited to 20 or 30 minutes, so they are automatically subs. And I think she's crossed over that threshold where, you know, we, we can know we're going to get a solid 60 minutes out of her, and I think she's starting to feel comfortable um, in that amount of time. And I think, you know, coming out of the second half, you know, we wanted to make sure we 
we started the game just as a way, the second half just the way we started the first half. And I think, uh, you know, playing at Chicago, they're always going to come out uh, very fast at the first beginning of the game and uh, and each half, and then they're not going to quit. So um, I don't think there's anything she ate at halftime, but I think it was, uh, you know, it's good to see her, you know, step it up and maintain her level of intensity. And, you know, actually we, you know, we were considering taking her out when we brought Shayna in. Um, and the thing that concerned me was having being on a yellow card and the way she plays, you know, was, she gonna, was that going to make her a little less aggressive? Uh, were we going to lose a player to a, to a second yellow and, uh, and go down a man? So uh, <laughs> we, we wrote it out because it looked like she was going to score a goal. Well, you, know, um, you know, and Denise, my sister, was like, well, she's going to score, she's going to score. So <laughs> we let her go for a few more minutes. And, uh, you know, but I, but I thought she had a solid, solid 70 minutes the amount of time she was in there. Ordega mentioned that she had a little bit of a concussion at the beginning of the season. In addition to recovering from that, generally, what improvements have you seen from her this season? Well, I think, you know, she was slow getting integrated into the team because of her time with the national team during preseason. And then she had a concussion, so she was out of the team. And that's, that always affects players and not feeling included. And I think the team did a great job and our staff did a great job um, once she had her concussion and once she was back. Um, of integrating her back into the team and the group uh, and making sure she was connected. And I think uh, then she started to get some minutes, uh, then she got a start and she scored a goal. And then I think it, you start to get your confidence and feel like you're not only part of the group, but you're also impacting and, and, and contributing. Um, and then, you know, you, you get some confidence and you build off it. And I think she's done a great job of building off that confidence. And, uh, you know, I think she's also understanding how we want to play and, how the players around her want to play, and she's combining with them really well. Defensively, they had some success on the flanks. It seemed to be the area where they were able to um, yeah. find some space and, and get the ball in. Um, how do you think the defense did you know, against those two speedy outside backs they had? Well, I think that's a tactic and one of their strengths. Uh, it's something we addressed coming into the game, that they want to pin you to one side, and that's when they're going to press. And we've got to break that pressure and get it out to the other side. Um, and we did a really poor job of that. We basically played her into their hands, and we were turned over in those areas an awful lot of times. And uh, and our wide defenders, I mean, they beat up, they beat our wide defenders an awful lot. And um, you know, it's something we need to do better at. Uh, but again, that's one of Chicago's strengths of uh, you know pinning you to one side and uh, and then putting you under pressure and getting getting to the end lines with the, with those pacey players. So um, fortunately, centrally, we did a good enough job, and, and Kelsey made the saves when when called upon. I don't think you guys have lost um, this season yet after leading at halftime. Is that something that you guys are kind of cognizant of, just the, your ability to close, or is that just confidence going into the second half having that momentum? Um, I, th I think it's more of um, when we get control of the game, control of the tempo, and uh, whether you're ahead a goal or down a goal, uh, or it's tied, I think there, everyone can feel when you're in control of the match. Um, I think we've done a good job of getting a goal early, even though we may not have control of the match. Uh, and then we do when we do wrestle control of the match, um, you know, we tend to get a little confidence and defend a little bit harder. And then also um, been fortunate enough to get the second goal in most games. But, um, you know, I think it's a matter of concentration and, and, and confidence and knowing that, yeah, we're going to we're going to hold on and win the, win the game. Um, and you got a player like, you know, Whitney coming off the bench and getting a huge block at the end. And, you know, it's it's the whole team. It's not a goalkeeper. It's not the back line. Um, everybody can feel it. And. Uh, the games where we haven't wrestled control of the tempo have been our losses or our draws. So, uh, you know, I think that's 
it's an important part of how we play, and it, it's got to be something that, that's for 90 minutes. You said it was one player, but you did mention Kelsey keeping you in the game, and she had that yeah. um, stoppage time uh, save at the end of the first half also. Yeah. How, much was, how good was she in helping you get, gain that control early she's, on? She's been great, and that's why she's on our roster. She's a number one keeper in this league, and we've lost Steph, our, our Canadian international, and she's also number one. Um, I think all along looking into this part of this phase of our season, you know, we had the roster that when called upon they could take care of their role and um, you know that's the job of the goalkeeper is to make those one or two saves um, distribution make sure it's right and, and communicate with your back line and, and she's she's been ready for that and um, you know even earlier in the season where we chose Steph over her she was very close and we would have had confidence to put her in there and uh, the same thing with Estelle and Caprice and um, and Whitney you know I mean these players who you know have been have earned it in training, and we have com complete confidence that when called upon, they can perform their role. What I, what I enjoy most about um, about looking back at uh, at audio like that is uh, sort of seeing how that attitude, uh, especially since Coach Gabert has been the one character that I've included, I think almost on, in each week with the post game uh, interviews, because um, I think it's important and interesting to follow his line of thought from game to game to game and see the patterns the themes across with the players performance and their developments and um, his strategy etc so next up my interview with megan oyster our star defender those of you that have been listening from week to week uh you'll be interested to see what she says i'm sure in the question who's most likely to have a body buried in their backyard there's room for concern that's all I'm saying. Room for concern. I hope each and every one of you take the opportunity to watch the Spirit play FCKC tonight uh, via the YouTube stream. I will be watching and doing some live tweeting on what I can. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and we'll be back next week with more interviews. Enjoy. All right, Spirit fam. This week on the Follow Your Spirit, I have defender Megan Oyster. Megan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So the first question I have for you is, how was Justin Bieber? <laughs> oh, wow. I was not expecting that to be the first question, but <laughs> it was an awesome concert. Um, I think there's a lot of girls who are fans of him on the team, and, you know, we just went for it. We bought the tickets, and we're, like, so pumped to go. So he's, he was the best. Want to go yeah, back? Yeah, where was Was he at the Verizon Center? <laughs> no, he was actually at Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore. So that was my first time in Baltimore, and... Um, got to see that area a little bit, and then it was a smaller arena too, so I felt like we were like, we could touch him almost. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell That's I'm a pretty cool. big Justin Bieber fan, so it was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always great to see uh, you know your favorite acts in concert. There's something really special about that. Yeah, just up close and personal. Right. <laughs> so. Um, Usually, how we start uh, this get to know you process, and a lot of people are fan uh, fans of the spirit and of the players, of course. But one thing we don't really get to know about you is when you first got introduced into this sport that we all enjoy. So, how did you get into soccer? Yeah, so um, I actually have an older sister. She's 15 months older than me, and um, she was five years old, and I was four, and she started playing soccer. So I just wanted to be just like her. So. Um, she, her, I think her first team was the Bananas or something like that. And I was like, I want to be on that team. So 
I was four years old, and as soon as I saw that she was playing on the bananas, I was like, get me on that team. So um started really young and then uh, joined club soccer when I was like seven years old, played on a boys team until I was 14. So I've just really grown up with soccer and loved it ever since I was that age, so... It seems like it seems like a number of the players, you know, definitely uh, played on some some co-ed teams or on some boy team boys teams growing up. At what age or at, at what stage of life do you notice that the disparity between male and female performance starts growing a little larger? Yeah, when I hit that growth spurt, I think it was I was 14 when I stopped playing on the boys team, and it was just because of strength and speed. It was almost kind of like to a point where it was not scary to play against boys, but they were just pretty physical. So. Um, we played with the youth national teams as well. We played against boys who are 17 years old, but to play against that uh, every single day at practice and weekly is kind of kind of just a bit too physical. So um, at that age, like 14 years old, when they hit that growth spurt, I think it just you can tell the strength and speed is just a bit different. But um, it's still really good to play against boys up until, you know, now. I still really enjoy their playing against that level of play and just their speed. So when did you when did you realize that you had the potential to go pro? Well, you know, I actually I think I had like a late realization that I was even capable because uh, at UCLA I didn't really get a starting role until my junior year of college. So uh, you know I I always had dreamed of that since I was a young kid, and it was always my goal in life was to become a professional soccer player. But I never knew if it was actually like tangible that I could actually get there. But my junior year, you know, it was a great year. It was a breakout year, and we ended up winning a national championship with UCLA. So I think that gave me a lot of exposure to that level. And um, thankfully, too, I played with amazing players there. So Sam Mewis, um, she's currently an alternate with the Olympic team. So to have players alongside me getting that kind of exposure, um, it made it more more realistic for me to even try. So I would say my junior year is when I really was like, this could actually happen. So I better just do whatever I can in my power to to make that come true. So yeah, when you so when you were growing up and you were you know you wanted to be pro, what was um, I mean I I really can't do the math in my head on on your age and what what leagues were around or anything, but like what like how visible was your dream? Because when I was growing up, I could see the NFL and, and the NBA on TV and everywhere around me. So I saw my daydreams in real life right in front of me. Right. You know, mm-hmm. what were you able to see at your young age with how much more difficult it was for professional women's soccer to be visible to young players? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because I think, you know, at a seven-year-old Megan – that when I was seven years old, there wasn't a league, really. Um, I, I just kind of looked up to the national team girls. I was going the full-on dream of becoming a U.S. national team player. So, um, you know, I also had a cousin, Brittany Bach, who played for Notre Dame. So I looked up to her and looked up to the college level of soccer. But there really wasn't that pro league to actually make soccer your job. So um, at seven years old, you know, I just looked up to the college level or the national team girls, but I had always hoped that, you know, there was some kind of league that was formed. And eventually over time, you know, they created the the first league and there was the L.A. Soul, and um, my cousin got to be a part of that. So to watch her go through that and, like, see that it was out there and it was even possible was really cool. But uh, it's been through a lot. The league's been through a lot, and 
I think it's amazing now that there's actually a platform for girls to to play for. So, um, yeah, looking back, I mean, I didn't really have that uh, that vision because it wasn't there, and now now it is. So it's really cool to to see it happen for young girls. Yeah, so how does it feel to be in the league that has survived the longest and seems to be the strongest um, of of the set? Um, how does it feel now looking back on not having – how does it feel being in the position that you couldn't even see when you were that age? I think it's, you know, I put myself in those young girls' shoes all the time and just say, you know, we're doing it for them and I just – we there's so much work that goes into keeping this league afloat and um there's nothing I want more than to sustain it for the young girls that look up to us. So I think it's extremely important and it's really cool to be a part of something that's actually sticking for once. So um yeah, it means the world to me and I can just see it in the young girls' faces that come to our games and the girls that I personally train and I just wanna be that example and I want to, I want the league to last for everyone below us. So I think it's it's an amazing opportunity and really cool to be a part of. Without bringing us to the present day, nine points out of the possible 12 of the four-game homestand, mm-hmm. two of those games even without five usual starters. Tell me about the atmosphere and the attitude of this team right now coming off such a great performance. Yeah, I think having those four games at home was super fun. Um, we love playing at the soccer plex in front of our fans. It's just there's no better feeling than that. And, you know, there was an opportunity for girls who um, haven't gotten a chance to start or play that, that many minutes because of the national team players that were in their place. And they've been working extremely hard. So to um, have them and their energy and their freshness, their fresh faces on the field, it was it's, it's just so cool because they worked so, so hard at practice day in and day out. And to finally get the reward of playing, especially at home, um, is just a great opportunity. So it's been really a, a really fun past couple of weeks and we definitely miss the national team girls and are super excited and proud of them but um, it's been a great opportunity like I said for the other girls on our team who don't really get that notoriety to step up and um, make names for themselves because they're they're quality players so it's been it's been really fun. You've you've played FCKC uh, once before just a couple weeks ago came over with a 2-0 win uh, mm-hmm. You've seen the team before. You proved that you can beat them. Uh, but what what shifts are there mentally, or just with the atmosphere, of, like on the pitch, when you're going from mm-hmm. your home turf to the opposition's? Yeah, I think traveling definitely makes it a, a bit more difficult. Um, we love playing at home, but it's an opportunity for us to go out there and you know do it again. What we did to them on our home field. So it's going to be different. It's going to be a different energy, but I think we've worked hard and prepared all week and talked about, you know, amongst ourselves, like intentionally talking about what we can do once we get there. So um, I think we're prepared mentally going into it to know that, you know, this isn't going to be our home home base. So to go out there and have to like put, put it on them and at their home place is going to be a challenge for sure. But I think we can do it, and we've proved that we've done it in the past game. So um, it's, a, it's going to be a good game for sure, but I think we've prepared well this past week. You know, I know that I know Jim Cabrera trains 
the team hard, and he he holds them to a high standard when it comes to conditioning, and it's shown on the pitch. It seems in the last 20 minutes of play that the Spirit have a half a step on the opposition. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something that the that you as a player notice when you're playing that you you're maybe a little a little bit quicker than the other team going into that final stretch of the game? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, it's it's not only our fitness, I think it's our mentality, too, because we push each other day in and day out, and we've, we've reached those limits. And um, when it comes time to, to be in that moment in the game where there's 20 minutes left and you still have to push yourself to the max, um, we're always prepared because we're constantly being tested throughout the week in practice. So, I mean, there's sometimes we, we get a sheet in the locker room of what our practice is going to entail. And sometimes, you know, I think the other day our, our sheet said pedal to the metal. So um, I think that's just kind of true to who we are as a team. And we're never going to take our foot off the gas. And that's just kind of ingrained in us. So um, as a unit, we, we just, that's our mentality. So, yeah, it, it's definitely fitness too. We put in the work, but I think we just, I mean, we're ready to play until the very last minute. Well, just just past the halfway mark on the season, what is Megan Oyster doing to to try to um, better herself moving forward as a player? Uh, I'm just continuing, you know, to stay focused. I think this is definitely the point in the season where it gets hard. The national team players are gone. There's, we're going to be traveling a lot. So I'm um, to really stay focused and in tune with the rest of our team and um, you know, I'm watching film a lot. I'm talking to my teammates constantly about things that we can improve on. So um, just staying completely, completely focused. I think that's my biggest goal is just, you know, going through the journey, but, you know, taking it one day at a time and focusing on the details. So yeah. not overlooking anything. Which uh, which player do you feel like you have the uh, most chemistry with on the pitch? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think, you know, it's always like outside backs the outside right back. So I I love playing next to Krieger. I think she's, I learned so much from her and um, I think we've really meshed well this season um, when she's here. So, and that goes the same for Caprice when she comes in and these past couple of games, I think it's just worked out really well. We've played together for so long. So um, we kind of just know our tendencies and stuff. So I think the biggest, the, the two that I work well with are the ones right next to me, the right back. And then off the field, um, I know that you and Caprice uh, are friends, but uh, is there any other any other players that you have a strong chemistry with off the field? Yeah, I think a bunch of us actually get along really, really well. Um, there's like a, a, a bit of a younger squad this year, so uh, I hang out a lot with some of those girls, like Katie Stangle, we hang out a lot. Um, you know, all of us really hang out. It's not really, not really kind of like a team of separate people it's i mean we're all if one person goes out we're all going out together so it's just been a really fun fun year and i think we have a really good team chemistry going on and off the field who do you who do you believe has been an unsung hero of the year maybe someone who uh doesn't hit the stat sheets or isn't in the headlines but it has a strong contribution to the team's success um you know i think i would i would say crystal dunn i mean there's a lot of people who who definitely fulfill that role of the unsung hero. I mean, every single player on our team puts in so much work, and some of them don't get the rewards from that, meaning they don't get the minutes. But Crystal this year, I think, you know, she went last year from having, like, the golden boot of the league and all these things, but she still puts in the work and is here to be a team player as opposed to getting, you know, just the stats. So I think she's stayed true to her name and 
who she is as a person, and she's just done so well with her role this year. And it's it's definitely yeah. different from last year's role, and she's just embraced it and done put in the work in the way she needs to. So. Right, and for someone who uh, hasn't seen a goal yet this season, she does have four assists, and I believe that puts her uh, in second uh, in the league, which shows which has been huge for uh, the team's success. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, like like you said, the assists versus goals that shows it right there. Just being unselfish yeah. and playing for the the team as opposed to just herself. So, what is your favorite Spirit Squadron chant? <laughs> oh man, there's so many good ones. But I think my favorite was when my mom was here, and they were chanting one about like I don't even know what the tune of it, but they were just saying like Megan's mom is here and giving her a big shout out, and I think she loved that. So that's always funny. And then um, they've got so many good ones these years. I don't know. <laughs> that's great. This is a question that I've asked the past uh, couple of guests. I'm going to ask you. Who on the team is most likely to have a body buried in their backyard? Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's a crazy question. But uh, she might kill me for a thing. The only reason I'm saying this, just to, like, leeway this into there, I think it's because she watches this, these kind of shows, but I'm going to go with Estelle. Because she's always got some crazy, crazy ideas or, like, she's stirring the pot. It's because she watches, like, murder mystery shows. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of relieved that you said Estelle because both Kelsey and Capri said Katie Stengel, and ooh, I was ooh. <laughs> I don't know. They're probably right though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about her. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, I, I I was telling some other members of the media that I talk that I talked with at the games. Like, if I get a, if I get one more some one more person saying Katie, I may. T- Put an oh, anonymous God, you might have to go dig up her yard. <laughs> yeah, right? The spear player goes missing. I, I don't yeah. want to say where I think it may be. Yeah, uh, I don't know which that. Which, uh, which player is most likely to appear on America's Got Talent, and what would they do? Oh, America's Got Talent. That's a good question. I feel like a lot of people are talented on our team, but like a weird, like a singing talent? Would this be this is singing or anything? America's Got Talent is is sort of a grab bag. If you can go up and show a talent, there's people do hypnotists, they do singing, dancing, they spin plates, a whole bunch of things. Um, so I'm trying to think of someone other than Crystal because I feel like everyone just says Crystal, huh? But she she will sing and dance her heart away. So yes, Crystal and Crystal and dancing has been a, a popular answer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like the only she would win the show. So I actually got to, <laughs> got to give it to her. <laughs> okay, very well. Uh, are you familiar with American Ninja Warrior? Yes, I've seen that. That's so funny. Who, who do you think on the team would uh, would either be the most excited to be able to do that or do the best on the course? I think Joe Loman would kill it at that course. She would be the most excited, too. <laughs> she would just be, like, super pumped on life about being on it and probably have, yeah. like, a really cool costume or something to wear with her team. No doubt. <laughs> No doubtedly a Ninja Turtle costume. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then lastly, when you're not playing soccer, what are you doing? Ooh, uh, lots of things. But um, I'm not playing soccer. I'm usually baking something. Um, with Yeah, I, I like to bake. I like to try new things. Like Pinterest has so many different cool desserts to try out. Um, so 
some of them kind of get a little messy and they do not turn out the way Pinterest represents them as, but um, I do like to bake, so I think it's fun. Okay. Great. Megan, thank you so much for your time. We are literally following you on Twitter at Megan Oyster. <laughs> and unfortunately, this has been the first time in a month that I haven't been able to say I'll see you on Saturday because you will be in oh, no. Kansas City. But we will uh, definitely be watching you via the YouTube live stream and looking for another spirit win. Yeah, awesome. We're definitely going to try our best to get those three points. And I think we've had a great week of training and are prepared and ready to, to go take them down in Kansas. So looking forward to getting back to you at home. So can't wait. But thank you for having me on. appreciate it. Yeah,